Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What a great time of year in the world of sports. You got the baseball season coming up rapidly, the NHL season winding down, the NBA playoffs are coming up soon. Uh, a lot going on in golf. You had uh, the Augusta National Women's Amateur wrap up today. You've got the Masters next week. The Final Four is in town for the women. The men are downriver in New Orleans with their national semifinals today. Wow. And uh, Jonathan Lowe has been a big part of our Final Four coverage. And by the way, ton of stuff online, WCCRadio.com. Take advantage of the Odyssey app. Jonathan Lowe, it has been a while. How you doing, my friend? Mr. Thompson, how are you? Good, sir. Yeah, good. And, and, and you have been out and about during the Final Four. And uh, we, we've got the championship game set for tomorrow night at Target Center. More on that in a moment. But... Give us a sense of what's happening around town because you, you've been a part of it. it there has been a buzz. Um, there's been uh, a lot of people that have been milling around, and I've seen people with all four uh, fan bases represented from Connecticut, South Carolina, Louisville, and Stanford. And so uh, just having that buzz of a major event being back in town after the last one was three years ago with the men's Final Four, it's it, it, it invigorates you. It, it really pulls you along. You get pulled up in that tide of, of fandom and uh, hype and, and excitement, and uh, it's really cool to see. Yeah, and all, all of these Final Fours, men's, women's, the Frozen Four, whether hockey or uh, women's hockey or men's hockey, the Golden Gophers are going to be in Boston for the Frozen Four next week. It really is a convention. Uh, coaches, uh, former players, uh, current players come to town for this event, and that, that really makes it great for the fans. It does. Uh, just the, the number of people that you see <laughs> that are involved in the, in the sport and, like you said, current and, and past, and – Seeing all those faces around, if you're, you know, like you and I, just sitting around on the couch on a given Saturday or Sunday just watching the players play or the commentators commentate or the coaches coach, and then all of a sudden you're here in this environment and you see, oh, that's uh, so-and-so that used to coach here. Or that's uh, someone on, on ESPN or on uh, some of these other channels. Or that is a person that is playing right now, just coming here for the event. Uh, I, I I was 
going to the second game, I, I, we just got done with the press conferences last night uh, for the first game between Louisville and South Carolina, and uh, I was going back up with a few other people for the second game because it was already through the first quarter between UConn and Stanford, and I'm waiting on the media elevator, and who's standing right there? Chelsea Gray, you know, wow. WNBA player and, and U.S. Olympian, and it's just you don't get that a whole lot other than at these major events, especially major sporting events. Yeah, and a great crowd at Target Center for the uh, semifinals. Paige Becker is certainly an attraction. You had a chance to visit with Paige. We'll, we'll hear more about that a, a little bit later on. But give us a sense, Target Center, the buzz in the building. I, I was able to catch most of both games while keeping an eye on the Timberwolves game because I was on for Henry Lake last night. But uh, great crowd. It was really good, really good crowd. Uh we it started off with people kind of milling in as it went along, but with Target Center is somewhere around an eighteen five capacity. I'd say at its at its peak last night, I'd say it was around sixteen five, sixteen to sixteen five in the building. It was very packed. You had your sections of fans, so you had a section of South Carolina fans and a section of Louisville fans for the first game. The second game, you had a section of Stanford fans, and it seemed like because of the connection with Paige Beckers to the area locally, you probably have had about half of that arena rooting for Connecticut. And so there was a decided advantage as far as rooting interest, but I think if if there wasn't the local tie to it, I think it would have been kind of even. They, they do kind of try to even this out oh, sure. as far as the fan support goes and – uh, I was surprised, you know, the bands, you know, the, the frivolity with the bands out there. The bands were on the floor because the, the floor doesn't go all the way out, doesn't go all the way out to the seating, but the bands were out on the floor, and uh, they are hooping and hollering like always last night. Yeah, and that that is a great part of it. Now, a little bit late last night on late night, I talked about the configuration, and it's set up more like maybe a state tournament, boys and girls state tournament games have been played at, at Target Center, where they, they kind of clear the floor and they, they let the bands and the cheerleaders in the media actually down on floor level. But beyond that, there's there's really another, no or there is no access to the floor for fans or there's, there's no up-close seating like you would see, for instance, in an NBA game. Correct, yes. They, they did clear that area like you would see with the floor seating for the Wolves or for the Lynx, they did clear that out. They did have media rows on either side of the court. They had the bands set up, and they had a little bit of media media area on the ends of the courts. But for the most part, yes, they, they cleared that out, and where the seating comes down, the, the lower bowl comes down to the floor, that's where the fan access – actually, no, I think actually they, they, they uh, had it a little bit further up. So the fan access was not – as great as you would normally have in a standard NBA or WNBA game. But, and that's typical. You'll yeah. see that in New Orleans tonight as yes. well for the men's Final Four. That, that You're not going to have the fans down close or or the, uh, the, the, the rich and famous sitting courtside. You, they, you just don't see that at Final Fours. So. Yes, and, and yeah. I think part of that is so you can get the media coverage there because you know how big of an event it is. You know how many – 
people from outside of that locality are going to uh, coming into the town are going to be. Oh. So you're trying to accommodate as much media as possible, as much press as possible, so you can get the event covered. Um, and to take out, you know, maybe a thousand seats or so, it's it's kind of worth it at this point to get the coverage. Yeah, for sure. Uh, On to the games last night. It seemed to me, and Gino Auriemma said something post-game, and you got us that audio and we ran it uh, on late night after midnight last night, but it it was really that that this semifinal game is hard because there's so much in front of you. It's like you're at the Final Four, there's all the hubbub, then you've got to settle down and play the game. But, oh, by the way, if you win this, you're playing for the championship and the ultimate goal. So Gino Ariyama's record bears that out. I, I think going into last night, 11-10 and 10 in national semifinals and a much better record in championship games. So it is a hard game. And Louisville and South Carolina got off to a slow start, and then South Carolina showed how good they are. Yeah, the the South Carolina-Louisville game was interesting because Carolina got off to a a hot start. They got off, I believe, to an 11-2 start. Right. And then by the end of the first quarter, Louisville had found a little something. It looked like their pick-and-roll game was working on South Carolina's man-to-man defense. And so in the second quarter, one player really got going. That was Emily Inksler for Louisville. Her energy really sparked a comeback for Louisville to get not just close to South Carolina, but even with them, and actually pull ahead a little bit. So her energy, her spark was a main catalyst. And because she plays not necessarily fearless, but close to that, she got into some foul trouble. And it would have been interesting to see what would have happened had she not had a couple of fouls that she got early to see how much that energy would have affected the rest of the game. By the time the third quarter came around, South Carolina got their wind again. They they hit a couple of threes early in the third quarter, and that was important because they had put up a few three-pointers in the first half and really didn't hit anything. And so for them to hit a couple of threes starting the third quarter, that got them the separation, and then Aaliyah Boston went to work, and, and they controlled the game from about midway through the third quarter on. Yeah. And uh, dominant performance. And based on what we saw in the semifinals, South Carolina played very well, as you pointed out, in the second half. The the second game, I, I felt like all night, and Jonathan, you were there, that ultimately uh, both teams struggled to find their shot. Defending champ Stanford and UConn uh, just all night were, were, were fighting their shots. Yeah, there was a point early in the third quarter where where Paige Beckers found a little bit of rhythm. She found her spot. She hit a couple of shots. She had a great pass across uh, to, I believe it was AZ Fudd, and and hit a three-pointer. Or, I'm sorry, I think it was Kristen Williams who hit a three-pointer. And Kristen Williams hit a couple three-pointers in that third quarter to help get them a little bit of separation. But you're right. Both teams were struggling with their shots, Stanford especially. Uh, until late in the game, they had shot one for, I believe it was 13. So it was 11%. Uh, they, they had a point where they were shooting 11% from three-point land, and they shoot a lot of threes. They, they find that in their rhythm. But I thought they should have gone inside, and there were a couple of other media people around talking with me. We thought they should have pounded the paint, especially when Aaliyah Williams and uh, Olivia Nelson-Adota got their third fouls. 
you got to get those bigs out of the game. You, if you get those two bigs, especially out of the game, you're really not going to have much else of size inside for Connecticut. So they didn't get those bigs in foul trouble. Cameron Brink for Stanford did get in foul trouble and did eventually foul out of the game, and that was a turning point as well. So it was a defensive struggle, but again, Stanford and Tara Vanderveer talked about this after the game, talked about during dead balls, during timeouts, they were trying to say, move the ball from side to side, get it inside, get it into the, into the interior, but it's easier said than done. And so yeah. it, it, it's unfortunate for Stanford that they couldn't find more of an inside presence. And, and I thought Haley Jones, the, the star for Stanford, kind of faded away and didn't get involved in much, as, as much in the action from about midway through the third quarter on. Yeah, and a, a weird fourth quarter. UConn turns it over eight times, but goes 15 of 17 from the free throw line. They were clutch. Yeah, it was just, I mean, talk about how huge free throws loomed. They, that, that was the ball game. UConn made their free throws down the stretch, and they advanced to the title game. Quick break. We'll come back with more. We'll talk more about the women's Final Four. Uh, we've got some sound from Jonathan Lull. Uh, we'll talk men's Final Four, get a prediction or two. And those games coming up later today, uh, Kansas-Villanova, Duke-North Carolina downriver in New Orleans. It's all on the way here at News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Women's Final Four in town, day off today, title game tomorrow night. It'll be UConn and South Carolina for the championship. Men's Final Four downriver in New Orleans, semifinals today, Villanova, Kansas, and then Duke, North Carolina for the first time ever in the Final Four. Could be Coach K's last game. If it's not, his last game will be the NCAA championship, and we'll, we'll get into that in more detail. Jonathan Lowe's been covering the Final Four. He's been a busy man. Uh, Henry Lake's been out and about, and a ton of great coverage of the Final Four all week. Uh, the 50th anniversary of Title IX here on News Talk, E3OWCC. And Jonathan, I know you're a big golf fan. You and I have spent many, many years in studio together on the weekends, watched a lot of golf together. I brought it up earlier in the show. Quick sidebar here. The Augusta National Women's Amateur has rapidly become, in three years, one of my favorite golf events of the year. I love that event. Uh, final round today, and a 16-year-old Californian won it. it just just terrific. Anna Davis. It was great. And and I have not been able to watch any of this year's coverage of it, but the ability for these young women and these these girls to play such a hallowed course is phenomenal. Even though, even if it's only for one round, the the chance to play on that course and play Amen Corner and play oh yeah, uh, all, you know, the 16th and all of those holes that we have become so familiar with because of the Masters tournament, it's it's a great opportunity for them to uh, to show themselves, show their wares, and show their talents in a way that they hadn't been able to do so or do before, you know, do until a couple of years ago. And this is the impact of this tournament. And I just really didn't pay attention about this until this week. Uh, the Now what is the old Anna inspiration, the Dinah Shore, the first LPGA major of the year, which 
is the first major of the year because it precedes the Masters by a week. It has for uh, quite a few years. They're moving that tournament, and they're not just moving it. They're moving it out. This is the final year that that tournament is going to be at uh, in, in uh, Rancho Mirage, California, at that course. They're moving it to Texas, and they're not just moving it in location. They're moving the date of that tournament. I don't know when they're going to play it next year, but they're moving it off of this weekend. And you'd have to think that a lot of that, no matter where they move the tournament to, a lot of the moving the timing of it has to be because of what's going on at Augusta. It yeah, has to be. Yeah. It, it, it's just a terrific event. And 16-year-old Anna Davis, just great on the back nine and just so poised you know, in what would be intimidating for anybody of any age, but for a 16-year-old to accept the trophy, and Mike Tirico is there, and it's just uh, really, really cool, and NBC did a nice job covering the event. But uh, one of my favorite golf events uh, on the calendar in just its third year. Back to the women's Final Four. Uh, The championship game is set. Uh, there's been a lot of attention on Paige Beckers, and you've got some sound we'll get into in a moment. But uh, kind of a scary moment. Looked like she may have been banged up in that second semifinal last night, Jonathan. Yeah, she uh, came off the floor in the fourth quarter, uh, hobbling a little bit, and she stayed on the bench for a couple minutes but did come back in. And uh, we did have uh, a sound bite from her talking about that injury from last night and just her mentality on it. I don't know if Carrie has that ready to go. Uh, let's listen to what she had to say. As soon as I come off the floor, I'm looking away to get back in. Um, but some things like you just get banged up really quick. It's more of uh, like a in the pain or in the moment type of pain, and you can just shake it off in a little bit. So I was just stretching and making sure I get back in the game as soon as possible. And going to be ice bath, ice bathing, and making sure we're stretching and using all the recovery devices that we can to make sure that our bodies and minds are prepared for tomorrow. And I did see last night after she did come off the floor, she went to the edge of the court and she did kind of those, those, those ankle stretches where you put your foot up on, on something that's higher uh, at the toe rather than the heel. And you kind of lean forward to kind of stretch out. It might be a calf. It might be, uh, an ankle, something like that. She did that for uh, a short period of time before coming back in. All right, you've got more sound from Paige, I understand. Yeah, so uh, she did not win player of the year this year, and she missed a lot of games with her knee injury. And uh, Aaliyah Boston from South Carolina was the national player of the year. She's basically swept all of the awards. And so Paige and, and, and Boston will not be facing each other on the court, man-to-man or woman-to-woman. But going up against the National Player of the Year does have uh, some stake to it. So Paige talked about that. Yeah, it's amazing just as a competitor you want to play against the best players and the best people. Um, and me and Ali are really close off the court, but I know that as competitors, um, me and her and uh, South Carolina and us, we're going to – it's the biggest game of, of the year, and we're all trying to win the national championship. So part of that – and and – being in the national championship game, they went through some pain last year that was not, you know, physical pain. It was the pain of losing. And so they lost last year in the semifinal round. And what Paige talked about was the lessons that they learned from losing in the national semifinals last year and how it helped them get past last night. 
I just want to win every single time I step on the floor, every single game. So anytime you come up short, you try to learn as much from it and learn it or use it as lessons and just try to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Um, but definitely losing on the biggest stages things the most. So just trying to watch film and do everything you can to make sure that you don't have that feeling again. And lastly, for what we have right now, there are other cuts coming, and I'll, I'll, I'm trying Good to get deal. those all set up for you. But uh, she, of course, being in the place where she grew up, where she played high school ball, there's a lot of pressure on her from a lot of sides because she's basically playing in her hometown. And so there have, there's been a, a way for her to deal with that pressure, and she talked about it. I kind of just relied on the people in my circle. Um, my agency has done really well just helping me handle it. And obviously my family and the people in my circle have done a really good job of just trying to get the pressure off of me and sort of handle the things that I don't want to handle right now and just making sure that there's no distractions in the way because I, I came here on a mission and our whole team came here to get a job done. So just making sure the people around me are helping me through it and coaching staff and my teammates are just sort of there to support me. So. So that's uh, yeah. part of the the stuff that we got from Paige, uh, and we'll we'll have some more stuff uh, if if hopefully you can, you can get to that later in the show. I also talked a little bit to Az Fudd, who is uh, the next number one recruit that came in under UConn's watch, and her and Beckers have had a friendship for a few years now, and she talked a little bit about uh, Paige's impact on her and. Plus, she does have ties here. Uh, AZ Foot has ties to this area, fa- uh, familial ties, and she talked about uh, going to the state fair every year. So, oh, so wow. she does have local ties as well. All right. Well, that great work, Jonathan. Always good to visit with you. We'll drop that in as we move through the day, and uh, I'm sure you'll be at the title game tomorrow night. Will that work out, or are you uh, working with Gerilyn? I, I did request uh, the uh, tomorrow night off, so I will be over at the game. And All right. uh, also, uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get some sound from Lindsey Whalen. We are expecting to hear from her tomorrow on her selection to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So uh, hopefully I'll get some sound for that that we will share probably on Monday morning. But uh, it, it's a lot of stuff comes at you fast when you're working yeah, an event sure. like this. So just – Happy to stay in front of it ever so slightly. All right. Jonathan Lowe, outstanding work. And uh, you mentioned Lindsey Whalen, first ballot, Naismith Smith Basketball Hall of Famer, Golden Gopher women's coach, and a Minnesota sports legend. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll preview opening day. Matt Hudson from the Twins front office joins. We have all the news and weather at four. We'll go outdoors with Steve Carney. Don't go anywhere. Here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.